Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net.
Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring the path of empathy. Why are you crying? My mother reported asking me when I was three years old. I'd been crying nonstop for half the day. There was no apparent reason for the upset, yet I was inconsolable. Because you can't, she told me I responded. It was the very same day my parents had decided to divorce. Hoping to spare me, they tried to keep it hidden. I don't remember that particular incident, but throughout my childhood, I often wept for the pain of others. Even when there was no outward sign of suffering, I would access the pain in those around me, feeling it more deeply than my own. Back then, there was no understanding of empathic children, so I was viewed as oversensitive and a bit strange. I could feel others' judgments, so as I grew, I learned to keep it in and weep within. I've never learned to block the suffering of the world, but rather to bear it in dry-eyed silence. Years later, I asked my first shamanic teacher how I could tell what emotions were mine and what belonged to another. His response puzzled me greatly. For those such as you, Wiyaka, there is no difference. You are one whose heart weeps for the world. Great, that was helpful. My empathy was not restricted to people. I felt animals, plants, and the earth itself as keenly. In self-defense, I eventually managed to minimize it by shutting down. The feelings were still there, but I distanced myself from them. For years, I never shed a tear, even through the toughest times, and there have been many difficult passages. I've always been able to be there for others, but for myself, I bore heartbreak alone and moved on. One day, I was walking with my dog in the woods. I'd gone nearly a mile before I noticed it was raining. There was a double rainbow I looked at, but didn't really see. The sun came out, and the raindrops still clung to the pine needles, glistening like diamonds. I looked at my dog and noticed her muzzle was gray. When did that happen? I stood there in the forest, dumbfounded. When was the last time I felt joy? Where have I been? What have I become? I've been living in service to the planet and the very people my heart bled for, taking nothing for myself, planning on doing what I could before quietly fading away. Martyr much? Totally disgusted with myself, I sat down in the mud and cried while my loyal dog licked the tears away. In that moment, I understood it wasn't a matter of distancing myself from my own pain and that of others, but opening to it, allowing it to harmlessly pass through me, grounding it so it could move. We're all staggering around, numbed by unprocessed grief. Some, like myself, are empathic, the ones whose hearts weep for the world. If we can't open to our own pain, how can we expect to ease that of others? If we don't move through sorrow, eventually we flatline and are unable to feel joy. In the attempt to fit in, I shut down my greatest gift, the ability to move grief for myself and others, to cry when the world cannot. I no longer block others' pains from my heart. I can sit with the dying and allow the grief of the family to wash through me and into the earth to be transmuted. I can stroke my dog and feel her love and devotion to the marrow of my bones. I experience the plant's joy and gratitude when I water it. I can stand tall and sure in the face of the world's suffering. It is my gift, and I am strong yet. 
Our guest this hour, Dr. Kyra Messick, is the author of Strength of Sensitivity. Kyra helps sensitive people find their power and strength. Highly sensitive person, she moved from being uncomfortable and overwhelmed to grounded and confident. A psychotherapist and holistic health practitioner, Dr. Kyra employs unique approach to transform how we think about ourselves, gives tools to feel balanced and peaceful, and stand up for ourselves with confidence. She received her doctoral degree in psychology in 1995. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Kyra, and together we'll negotiate the wonderful, if challenging, world of the empathic soul. So don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. 
Experience Journey Trance, Power Animals, Helping Spirits, Sacred Space, and Life Purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Kyra Messick, author of The Strength of Sensitivity. Kyra's website, www.drkyra.com. That's D-R-K-Y-R-A dot com. Kyra, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic. Well, hello, Gwilda. Thank you for having me. You know, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, that was very powerful. I think so many people can really relate to that. It's we all feel more than we know, don't we? <laughs> so, so we're on the same page. Would no you please another, define yes. empathy? Kyra, and so what was that again? I'm sorry. I said so. We all start out on the same page. Would you please define empathy? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's a good place to start. You know, the, part of the problem is that in our society, people think of empathy as just understanding another person's emotional experience. But there's really more to it than that. I use the words empathy, empathic, empath, even psychic feeling as all meaning the same thing. And I was really pleased to see even the dictionary gives a good definition of empathy. It says, it's vicariously experiencing the feelings of another without having those feelings communicated in any objective or explicit way. So in other words, an empathic person can feel what someone else is feeling, period. And in my research, I've seen that Empathic ability is a trait that is shared by all sensitive people. So is there a difference between empathy and sensitivity? Well, sensitivity I like to look at as being very perceptive of even the most subtle influences. So we, we feel emotions deeply And that's where the empathic part comes in. But sensitivity is really about sometimes those strong reactions and experiencing the world with more impact than someone who is less sensitive. So does that make sense? Sensitivity, I look at even more physiologically and how perceptive we are. Empathic is really the realm of emotion and emotional energy. Okay, so empathic is just the emotions, and sensitivity is like physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual uh, sensitivities? Exactly. I really, I really help people to understand the holistic, the holistic experience. Physically, emotionally, and energetically, we are sensitive, and so empathic is really in that emotional realm. So you can be sensitive. If you're sensitive, you're also empathic, but you can be empathic without being sensitive? I think they're all linked together, in my personal opinion. I have read things because I like to see what other people are saying. 
I've read things that people think you can be sensitive and not be empathic, but I don't think so. Um, I think that people just aren't aware. How could you possibly know, really? Like with your story, well, most people don't even want to admit that exists. They don't want to face that. It's hard enough to deal with our own feelings. Now I have to feel everyone else's feelings. But if you're picking up feelings from a coworker, uh, someone in the family who, who, who doesn't like to talk about what they're feeling, you would never know that you were really picking up on someone else's stuff. So that's something we could get into in a little more in depth in a bit here. Right. And I think that's a really good point because I, 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 like you, believe many of us are empathic, but just interpret it as what we're feeling ourselves, which makes us feel a little schizophrenic in the long run, doesn't it? It can lead to incredible emotional overwhelm. And, and like you described in your story, it's almost then you shut down because it's just too much. Um, but for uh, this you know, why are SSRIs, you know, Prozac <laughs> and Zoloft, why are why is that a billion-dollar industry? Yeah. Are that many people really that depressed about what's going on in their lives? If we're feeling everything in the world is our own, it is overwhelming, though, yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have... The reason I... You know, it's important for me to get out there and share this message, and I'm delighted to hear people like you share your story, is because it's absolutely baffling to people. You know, our society isn't good with emotions. I'll speak from the U.S. I live in Minnesota, USA. I won't speak about you Canadians, but, but, but we're terrible with emotions, and we want to push away pain as fast as possible. And what I really heard in your story was, is feeling that pain really the end of the world? No, it's, some, it's an experience. It's an emotional experience. And if we can actually sit with that, pay attention to it, maybe it won't, you know, annihilate us. And that's what people worry about. The pain is so much, it's going to envelope them, it's going to overwhelm them. You know, there's another kind of um, of what I've always called empathy, but by your definition, it may not be. I'm medical intuitive, and if I change where I'm focusing, I can feel on my body what other people are feeling in their body physically. Is that in the sensitivity realm, or would you consider that empathy? I would still call it empathic because you are. You said you're feeling within your body what's going on for them, and just exactly like you described in your story when you're a little girl, you were crying because they couldn't cry. Sometimes I bet when you're a medical intuitive, you are feeling far more clearly what's going on in their body than that person is. Now, here's the deal. We can't with our brain specifically define these things or delineate them into specific areas. You know, they blend together. It's very, it is very difficult to discern, um, but I've also experienced, and maybe you can enlighten me on this one, where I can be so empathic physically that I literally take on the disease of another. Have you heard of that, or can you explain it? Yes. Um, a really common story I'll hear at my workshops is 
so my spouse came home with a headache. I was giving him a shoulder rub. The next thing I know, I've got the world's worst headache. <laughs> so <laughs> it happens all the time. And yeah. it's when you're a healer, like you are, we have to rec- recognize how we're all connected by healing that person, taking on their symptoms. If we don't freak out about it, we can use that energy to heal us and our bodies at the same time in the same way. But that's easier said than done. I understand. It is, isn't it? It is. Yes. But it's, it's. I think we're just scratching the surface on that form of healing. I know in ancient times it was used a lot, but now it's, um, I think it's reemerging. You know, it's funny, as we talk about it, it makes me have greater compassion for when you think about doctors who have terrible bedside manner and they're very detached. That's been their method of protecting themselves, I suppose. Yeah, it's actually taught in medical school, I believe, for just that reason, Mm -hmm. that you get lost. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what are the different forms of empathy? Well, first of all, we've got... um, just literally feeling what someone else is feeling. And it doesn't matter if they're right there next to you or if they're a thousand miles away. Someone you have connection with is feeling something, you feel it right around the same time. Um, so then but you described, um, you know, physically feeling what's going on in someone's body. And we may try to separate it out, you know, emotions and physical symptoms, but we all know that our physical symptoms usually have an underlay of an emotional cause, or at least an emotional energy that's pushing the symptoms. So that's what you're picking up on, is that the emotional aspect of why the body is suffering, so what it's holding. But people can be very empathic, just like you mentioned, to animals. Uh, particularly domestic animals, but also wild animals, and to the earth or to the energy that's being held in a room or a space. So there's no limitations really there. (laughs) So isn't that great to know? (laughs) So if we think about it, people that uh, pick up on disembodied spirits are also empathic, aren't they? It's an energy, and it's, um, it's a human energy. And sure, they're... It's it's a it's just like people who walk into a room and and can say whoa something went down in this room it feels uncomfortable it could have been an argument from a year ago but it's lingering for whatever reason right I I used to I had a lot of people in the police force that were my friends years back and they'd sneak me into a crime scene to see what I could pick up of the residual and it was amazing what I could pick up and how accurate it was. Oh, that's fascinating. I think they use that more than you know. <laughs> How could a person I'm tell sure they're empathic? They and what was that question again? How can a person tell if they're empathic? That is a fantastic question. Because, like I said, it can be so difficult for people to know if what they're feeling is someone else's, if they don't have really outward verification of it. I was extremely lucky because I was a psychotherapist 
and actually that's uh, the, the story that's in the introduction of my book about how I realized I was feeling my clients. Why? Because they came into the room and sat with me for 50 minutes and told me exactly what they were feeling. <laughs> so I had no, no way to doubt it. You know, I, I had to accept it. But if you're not in that situation, how can you really know? So you have to trust your instincts and your gut feelings about the quality of what you're feeling. Is that odd or unusual for you? Does it really make sense in your logical life? You know, is it hit you out of the blue? Then that's, those are clues. And um, like I said, it's, it's really for a sensitive person to know that this does happen. It is real. Empathic ability is very real. It's actually very common. And so to begin paying more attention. Paying attention is the key, isn't it? It seems like um, the key to everything is know thyself when it all, at the end of the day. <laughs> the more we know ourselves, the more right. we're able to tell what's ours and what's coming from the outside. Kyra, we're going to have to take a little commercial break. So when we pick up on the other side, I'm, I'm really excited into going further into how we can discern what's ours, what's not, and what might be a blend. Kyra and I will return to our discussion after this short break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Previous broadcasts of thought-provoking episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. We will be back, so don't you go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to 
secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Kyra Misak, author of The Strength of Sensitivity. Before we went on break, Kyra, I, w- I wanted to start addressing um, another thing that I have noticed personally is that if we have a lot of bogged down emotion personally that we haven't moved and we get around that emotion in someone else, ours can be triggered as well as theirs. And that makes it even more difficult to tell whose is whose. Um, Can you speak to that? Yeah, excellent. Because that's what I wanted to address because I didn't want to leave it at what we said at the end. You know, the last question there was, Okay, I was telling people, okay, is a feeling unusual for you? Did it hit you out of the blue? Is there any reason for you to be feeling that way? And if not, well, that's probably empathic. But it gets way more complicated when we do have an issue and then there's a magnetic resonance between what you're experiencing that someone else is experiencing that's similar. Then it magnifies what we're feeling and it adds complication to what we're feeling because like it adds on you know gas onto the fire and that's what really is confusing for people um so it's i'm glad that you brought that up yes it can be very confusing can't it 
Yes. Um, so what I, I have an exercise actually in the book now. I'm just remembering. I have to remember what I wrote. Uh, <laughs> there's an exercise in there where I'm, I'm having people think about what's everybody going through that's closest to you. you know, what's a- Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Around you and what are you going through and finding those commonalities. And it all comes back to exactly what your shaman told you, which we don't love to hear, but we're all connected. And on a certain level, we're all going through the same things. And um, we get into this a little later, but I talk about using um, flower essence remedies, uh, connecting with your empathic ability through meditation so that you can begin to at least get a little separation, just a little separation between what really is yours and what is other people's. And that can help even when it is really similar. You know, another another thing I've noticed, Kyra, is there are currents that kind of move. And I don't know if they're, I think it's probably a combination of seasonal, astrological, global, what's going on in the, in the larger populace. But there are kind of like what I call thing de jours. And being able to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of that helps you understand what's yours, what part of this is yours, what it's stirring up for you, and what might be other. Have you noticed that as well? Oh, sure, Absolutely. You know, I think the the biggest boo-boo we make is that we just knee-jerk always interpret what we're feeling as our own thing. And so we'll just immediately go into, oh boy, I'm feeling this. And then our, our minds go on a runaway train of all the reasons why we must feel that way. And that's why mindfulness, meditation... <laughs> And, and also, like I said, just being aware of exactly what you're saying. What's the, what's the energetic current right now? What's really going on in, in the world? And, and how might that be what I'm, what I'm really picking up on? That's, it's amazing. And I think the more we start to pay attention to that as a culture, and the more we realize that we are all one on some level or another, the more patient we can be with ourselves and others, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, here in the U.S., of course, we have our election uh, caricatures right now, <laughs> and uh, it's it's both an opportunity for people to <laughs> release base fears and anger, and also just as equally be compassionate. And it's always a choice, isn't it? Yeah. 
Absolutely it is. Well, I'm going to give you a tough one here. What do you see as the greatest challenges faced by empathetic individuals? The world we live in. (laughs) If, you know, if, if we were born into a world where right away parents or your, or the midwives or anybody would notice, Oh, you're a sensitive one. Okay. So this is what we need to teach you. And listen, and and people would listen closely to what this child said, understanding that they're very empathic, they're very intuitive, and give them validation for that. Holy moly, would that be different? Yeah, the whole world, huh? Right. And so it's really just overcoming that. So what it really comes down to is the biggest issue for empathic ability is trusting themselves despite what anybody else says. Um, You know, I've often found that most people are not real comfortable with somebody else experiencing what they feel uninvited. How can an empathetic person control their gift in order to afford others their privacy? Yes, I myself have seen people who sometimes will say something or they give someone a message and the person wasn't ready for that message. So this is where you really need to combine your intuition with your empathic ability so that you check first, okay, why am I getting this information? Is it just for me to know or do I need to share it? And if I do need to share it, don't assume that means right here, right now. We jump sometimes too soon and it's and it's because we're we feel that pressure um of feeling someone's feelings even more strongly than they do often so when we're feeling someone else's feelings is there something we can do to kind of ground it out rather than have to experience it well that is where i really do go to flower essence remedies um so can we talk about that a little bit Sure. Um, now, what I'm talking about is like um, Bach or Batch, as it's called in England, um, B-A-C-H, um, flower remedies. So we're not aromatherapy. Um, in the United States, F-E-S, Flower Essence Services, is a, a brand. There are many other manufacturers, and I do have them all listed in my book. It's using the energetic healing power of flowers like homeopathy but it really focuses on emotional energetic and spiritual issues and empathy and sensitivity is really in the middle of all that and so that's why flower essences work so well they can only be made by sensitive people they can only be made by empathic people because these are people who have to commune with nature, really talk to the plants. Who does that? <laughs> Empathic people. So it's remedies for us, made by us. You know? um, and so they, they work amazingly well for grounding, for yarrow are the ones that I recommend that help give, it's like adjusting the dial. And you can still be empathic, and because you, you always will be, but it doesn't cut right to 
your core like in your own step. You right. can use it almost a little more like intuition and like information that's coming to you. Right, and I, I have doctors in uh, the Bach flower remedy method, and what I've found over the years is that it takes the edge off because what it does is it clears your portion of boxed up emotions so that now you know that what's moving through you isn't really yours and it isn't hitting up against your jams. Is that what you've experienced as well? Right. A lot of times I'll have people start with yarrow and maybe some grounding essences, just to take the edge off things, then, of course, we've got to go in and have them recognize what really are those issues that you've been carrying your whole life. And whenever you go up against, you know, someone's energy that's similar, it's it's almost like an internal emergency. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, no, I have to fix their problem. (laughs) I have to fix their problem. You know, so I don't feel it. Yeah. So where did you get your doctorate? You have a doctorate's degree, yes? Where did you get that? Yeah, that was in clinical psychology, and that was at the Florida Institute of Technology in Florida. Nice, nice. Uh, What was your uh, dissertation on? (laughs) You know, I'm a sensitive person, and so I didn't want it to be really involved at the time. I didn't want it to be really intense because I know how I am. So I ended up working with validation studies for the 16PF, which is a personality test. And so I really got lucky that I got that offered to me. <laughs> and so, sorry, that's a boring story, but it saved my life at the time. So, so I'm not ABD. I got my degree. I've had a lot of people ask me how I can be up on stage or teach, you know, hundreds of people and be a sensitive at the same time. And I said, it was a learned skill. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, there's there's something different we're able to do, though, when when we get into performance mode. And people also do this. I work with so many sensitive people who are nurses or they work in emergency situations and they're able to flip a switch and be use their intuition and empathy to guide them but then it still can be tiring sometimes afterward yes well i use the same thing this is really fun i use the same thing when i'm teaching particularly if i'm teaching a large group i'll i'll say something and then i wait to feel the question that comes back at me and then this this flow starts and i'm actually every every class is a little different because i'm teaching the people present rather than a lesson plan per se Fantastic. That is exactly what I'm talking about when I want people to understand the gifts and the strengths of being sensitive and being empathic. So students love you, I'm sure. You're not boring. And they'll say, that's exactly what I was thinking. And they'll (laughs) say, she's so easy to understand. She lectures and I understand it. Whereas someone who's droning on, not connected to the audience, it's not as good as a teacher, right? It's, it's amazing. The gift, once you start to recognize it as such and embrace it, it has so many uses, don't you think? Absolutely. It is getting over the hump of it being unusual, um, foreign, and scary. And once you get over that part, it's, it's information, it's information that you can use, and you also you use it for your own healing, you use it to help other people, and you use it to guide you through your life. 
even basic examples I like to give people. So you need to know, do I need, can I trust this person to take care of my pets while I'm gone? How would you know? Intellectually, <laughs> you can't know. Empathically, you know. Right. And if you don't, the dog will tell you. <laughs> That's right, because they're so empathic. That's true. <laughs> We're going to have to take another break. Kyra and I will be back on the flip side of this commercial break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. You can always listen to previous transformative broadcasts, our gift to you, on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. 
Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Kyra Messick, author of The Strength of Sensitivity. Kyra, 
I have a trade school of the shamanic arts, and over the years, I've found many empathic and sensitive individuals are drawn to shamanism, probably to manage it. <laughs> there are a couple of trends that I've noticed and would love your input on. First, many sensitive people experience extreme food and drug sensitivity, if not full-blown allergies. Have you experienced this as well, and do you have an explanation and advice? Oh, yes. Um <sighs> You know, it's so prevalent now. Almost every single person I see, especially females, but the guys too, is currently experiencing some pretty serious gastrointestinal issues. And sometimes it's really severe, um, but a lot of food intolerance. And I have to tell you that I don't exactly know what's going on. Some of it is, like they say, it's it's our diet. It's too many additives. Our food isn't fresh. It goes. It's getting radiated, and then it's traveling around before we ever even get it. And we feel that. We also feel the emotion when we're empathic. We feel the emotion that's been put into that or taken away from it. Sometimes I swear when I go to a restaurant. Whether I can digest that meal depends upon the mood of the kitchen. Was that a happy kitchen, or were they all arguing back there? <laughs> I've certainly so had that I, experience I think I digress. So, so get me back on track. I think I digressed. Okay, so the uh, another unfortunate trend that I've noticed is that sensitive people are often addictive. Can you speak to this? Yes, even one of the yarrows um, that I use with flower therapy is called golden yarrow. And that one is very specifically for sensitive people who maybe they tend to be a little more shy, introverted, performance anxiety, social anxiety, and they will go to drugs, um, alcohol, even cigarettes or food to numb what's happening for them because it's just too overwhelming, they feel the pain too acutely, and maybe because they have some some limitations with their social circle, they just don't know where to go or what to do. And so it's very common, it's very common, yeah. But I've worked with tons of people who have gotten past that point. Fantastic. And, yeah. So how does intent relate to empathy and what a sensitive person picks up and from who? Can we learn to use our intent to direct what we're getting? Absolutely. Uh, This doesn't have to be just out of our control willy-nilly. It happens. Uh, What I like people to do is to start with solar plexus meditation. That's the area um, below your chest but above your belly. Um, it's the solar plexus chakra. There actually is a plexus of nerves here that connect to every internal organ. That's why it's called the solar plexus. So it's a very important part of the body. And this is a body-focused meditation can really help people go in and connect with their empathic ability and begin to say, okay, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to start paying attention so you communicate with me. And I'll communicate with you. And you can ask questions. What do I need to know about my empathic abilities where I always have people start? And then they have a particular question. 
So maybe it's a, let's say they've been feeling sad lately and they don't know why. So then they can literally just ask themselves, where is this sadness coming from? Now, not everybody can really hear the answer. Some people will get a feeling or an image. It depends on the person. But with, with practice, it always gets clearer. That's, that's a really good, good, good exercise to be using. I've, I've heard of it and used it before myself, and it, it, it does work. It just takes a little getting used to hearing what you're hearing through your body. Um, before we get too much further into the last segment here, would you mind telling people where they can find your books? Um, absolutely. As far as I know, it's available through any bookseller in, um, bookseller in North America. I know it's on Amazon for Canada, and um, I'm sure you have a worldwide audience. I know it's available in North America. <laughs> I'm not sure yet about England and Australia and those places, um, but it is like on Kindle format. So I just remembered I had someone from China recently contact me, and she had gotten the Kindle version. Got it. Got it. Okay, so what happens to a sensitive person when they try to shut down their gift? Well, that's like the proverbial pot, you know, that's boiling and, uh, and uh, it's, we end up hurting ourselves. Um, if you, you can deny this and deny who you truly are, and we do this in many different ways, don't we? But if you're an empathic, sensitive person, you have to get to that point like you described where you, you stop fearing it. And you stop trying to turn it off and you just sit with it and say, okay, this is what it is, but that doesn't mean it has to be painful. That doesn't mean it's a sentence to be uncomfortable. It means that you need to listen and pay attention to who you are and learn how you can use it to your benefit because it's very possible. What I've found is the resistance to it or, and to emotion is more painful than if you just move through the emotion itself. And I don't know why we dread it so much, but I've always found that to be true. Have you? I know. I know. We, we work so hard pushing it away. And that, doesn't it, it makes it times 100. If you just sit with it, but we don't take the time. And we're busy in our lives. And it's, we think, oh, well, other people wouldn't understand. Other people don't want to listen to me deal with this. I mean, we have a million excuses. But it, pain is power. And people don't get that. They Process. think that pain is weakness. And it's not. It's where our power comes from. Yeah, being able to move through things, being able to bend and, and shift and move with the tides is the, the true strength, isn't it? Yes. You know, right now, Kyra, people are really going through it. And I see it in my practice. I see it in my students. I see it in the world at large. And everybody is feeling like overwhelmed, like it's the end, like why am I here? I get numerous reports of it every day. Do you have any advice for these people? Because I think what we're picking up is the the shift in the whole planet, not just what's going on in our personal lives. Well, number one, I would like them to listen to you and what you just said. Everybody's going through this. Um, especially all of us sensitive old souls. 
so what happens, and I see it with my clients too, they come in there, they sit in the room and they think it's just them. They know why, why am I so overwrought? And this goes into really esoteric things where we have to admit that we are evolving. The earth is changing. We're getting a lot of push to be truly genuine to who we are and to find our self-worth, to find our power and to stand strong in, in our values and who we are. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's a real push and it can lead people to feel like I have a thousand issues all coming up at once. And that's when it's best to go to, to a healer, um, a holistic counselor, someone who can help you do things in the right order. It is a matter of putting one foot in front of the other. You're, we're totally overwhelmed and we don't know what's ours and what's at the world at large, yes? Right. And, of course, we come back full circle where, well, nothing is only ours and nothing is only the world at large. We've, we're, we're, it's all connected. Um, it's been documented in many prophecies that we're in times of great change and spiritual evolution. Do you think we're all becoming more sensitive as a result? Yes, it's pretty obvious with children, isn't it? Um, the kids that are being born now are wiser, they're more aware, they're maturing more quickly, and they have more sensitivities, don't they? More physical sensitivities. They're rejecting um, what we've been calling food <laughs> and the chemicals that we've been putting in our air and cleaners that we use on our floors. So it's, it's obviously happening. Well, that's and the good it's, news, it's, it's, it? a, it's a, not going to stop, you know. That's the good news. So uh, as the more sensitive ones come in, um, what do you have? I've got about a minute left. What do you say to the sensitive ones? Sorry. Well, we're just about to run out of time. And uh, Kyra, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and sharing with our listeners about what it is to be a sensitive and how we probably all are one if we just listen to ourselves and those around us. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Kyra Misich, author of The Strength of Sensitivity. Kyra's website is www.drkyra.com. That's D-R-K-Y-R-A dot com. This has been the Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you walk the path of empathy. genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. 
It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. 